This is Always Advancing with your host, Josh Sanchez, the podcast created for multidimensional individuals, those that are looking to enhance their human experience and activate their state of self-actualization. Tune in each week for growth hacks and inspiring interviews to help you advance and actualize your full potential. I appreciate your attention and I'm grateful for your awareness. Let's go. Hi, yo, Advancers. This is your host, Josh Sanchez. Installment number three on living a more fulfilled life when it comes to health in your body. Your deep health journey most likely begins with elimination before supplementation. On today's episode, I'll deep dive a debate in the health and fitness world that could be compromising your health even if you are quote-unquote clean eating why all the confusion around health and what are GMOs? Advancers, if you've been with me, this is going to be the third installment in the body vertical, body health, overall wellness, the road to overall wellness. Okay, so we covered breath work, episode three or episode number two, I believe. Then we covered the quality of drinking water that you are consuming. I think that was episode seven or eight. And then now we're going to be covering the versatility of my intellectual interests made me realize that marketing and creative agencies have one objective in mind. Sell more of their product. That's the objective they have. But one thing you can never deny or fabricate is business relationships and the money trail. That is so important when, when diving into your own nutritional um, learning journey, right? So your self-study on nutrition, on what's going to benefit your body the best. Uh, politics are prominent in every industry. Gasps. Yeah, I know. No way, right? That's not true. We, we're human and you know we make mistakes and are influenced very easily. So that should come to no surprise. But if I have a business and, and I pay your team to conduct a study, at some point in, in time, it may have been because we cared about the health and well-being of others and wanted to ensure quality uh, but now it's used as a marketing tool. So we need to have the conversation of making our body our business, right? So not the the same mentality of just uh, allowing big food or, or marketing a propaganda or consumer propaganda to dictate what's healthy and what's not, you know. Um, in this case, I'm just kind of diving into letting you know there's politics in business. Uh, in every industry, there's going to be politics. Um, there's going to be, you know, message hidden agendas for everything. You know, at some point in time, it may have been research. Uh, these researches and, and these clinical studies on their products may have been to genuinely ease the mind of the consumer. But now it's a marketing tool, a PR campaign or, or to cover the true nature of the effects of synthetic overly processed GMO high sugar products because they're not going to be coming out of pocket for no reason. Also, send this podcast to your friends who think watching one Netflix video about health makes them an expert on biology of humans and what deep health looks like, because that cracks me up. I don't even entertain those conversations anymore. I've seen this time and time again. It's it's kind of comical. We live in such an interesting culture that uh, you know, doing our own due diligence or research or studying is become such a rare case that when somebody does watch one one video, an hour video, a health topic, they all of a sudden become the authority and they're able to influence their entire network of friends. 
on their eating and dietary choices, which is super interesting. Send this podcast to your friend. I'm not a cynic. I actually believe humans are innately good, but when you start getting companies that create health institutes when they know for a fact that their products do not promote health, you've got to call them on their bullshit. So Advancers, who holds these billion dollar companies accountable? The FDA for for sure doesn't. We as the consumers must educate ourselves. If you can take a radical stance today and begin your own self-study into health and nutrition, you will begin to see what I am explaining in today's episode. Every dollar you spend is a personal vote, a vote on the type of world you wish to live in. So stop funding big agriculture that veils their food production and their agriculturing processes. Enough with big food companies and start funding your local farms and farmers markets. The topic of today is is mainly going to be we're going to delve into GMOs. So my first peek under the hood of the organic versus GMO debate began back in 2012. When I founded my first solo business, it was an an organic snack company. My mission was to make a super nutritious and healthy snack, one that my daughter would choose over the processed junk food at the store. It began with organic whole ingredients and then eventually led me down getting the organic labeling on my package. See, one could assume that getting organic labeling is too time-consuming or too costly And that's why most companies don't, right? Well, here's the truth. It's easy as you contact a rep uh, from the company of the organic labeling. So you pay the the fee, which is under $1,000 last I checked, and you schedule a time. What they do is they come take a peek behind the scenes, look at how your products are created, the ingredients that go into your product to make sure that everything is organic. And the reason most companies don't do it is because they don't have organic ingredients. In fact, advancers, three-fourths of the products at the grocery store have genetically modified organisms, GMO ingredients. So if it's not expensive in comparison to the amount of revenue the food corporations make, and it doesn't take a lot of time to get the labeling done, why don't they create products that are more health conscious? How inexpensive it truly is, it doesn't really take a lot of time in a one-man show like myself when I started my business. If I was able to get it done, why couldn't these big corporate companies get it done? So began my journey into figuring out and, and really uncovering and really peeling back the layers Uh, in the food industry itself. I'm going to start out at the very outer layer of this industry, which is which can be summed up to one tactic. The state of health today can be summed up to confusion health. The food industry thrives on confusion and it loves to propagate the notion that gee whiz, one day you're told coffee is good for you and the next day you're told it's unhealthy. By making nutrition advice seem confusing, they attempt to gain the public's trust, eventually luring you into the dangerous mindset of, I might as well not eat anything. I can find anything wrong with any product. The public gives up. Why do I say that? Easy. Look at the current pandemic. Obesity, autoimmune diseases, cancer, mental health issues, all can relate back, or one piece to this puzzle can all relate back to the food that we eat. It also doesn't help that increasingly food companies are setting up institutes. So beverage companies, soda companies, 
companies that are blatantly using overly processed sugar, have overly processed products, ungodly amount of sugar, processed sugar, uh, sodas. These are PR efforts that also coincidentally frame these companies' products as healthful. Or in the case of, you know, big soda, in no way problematic from a health standpoint which is absolutely ludicrous. To make matters more confusing, these institutes have doctors, cardiologists, and dietitians on their payroll, as well as key media contacts resulting in health and professionals talking to media about, say, how soda is unfairly vilified. Most times, the general public isn't aware that, it, that this isn't an objective health professional choosing to say that. They're on the payroll, right? They're paid to say that. All of these tactics may seem underhanded, but they are just a part of the marketing game. By playing on the public's confusion and presenting their own products as quick fixes, they convince us to buy their books, follow their diet plans, and perhaps most dangerously, ignore legitimate advice and real research. Now, if you don't think marketing is playing a role in your dietary choices, if you consume eggs and bacon, quote-unquote healthy breakfast, then you have fallen victim to the marketing done back in the mid-1900s by an Austrian named Bernays. He was the nephew of Sigmund Freud and was quite good at using psychology to get people to buy a product or an idea. He was the guy who was hired by the Alumni Company of America to use the American Dental Association to convince people that water fluoridation was safe and healthy to the public. His campaign for Dixie Cups scared people into thinking that glasses they were drinking out of were unsanitary and could be replaced by disposable cups super interesting right to to hear a, a little bit of uh, history of marketing and this this guy that uh, propagated or that was the catalyst to believing that bacon and eggs was uh, a, a part of a healthy breakfast which i'm not disputing that it's just i'm i'm trying to convey the message of uh, marketing playing a role in, in our in our dietary choices. So in the 1920s, Bernays was approached by the Beechnut Package Company, producer of everything from pork products to the nostalgic Beechnut bubblegum. So Beechnut wanted to increase consumer demand for bacon. Bernays turned to his agency's internal doctor and asked him whether a heavier breakfast might be more beneficial for the American public. Knowing which way his bread was buttered, the doctor confirmed Bernays' suspicion and wrote to 5,000 of his doctors, doctor's friends asking them to confirm it as well. This study of doctors encouraging the American public to eat a heavier breakfast, namely bacon and eggs, was published in a major newspaper and magazine of the time to get great success. Beechnut's profits rose sharply thanks to Bernays and his team of medical professionals. It's not just companies that do this, though. Individuals with a message to sell also do it. These quote-unquote uh, health gurus or experts take good premises like the need to take your health in your own hands and be critical of the things you eat and buy and go off the rails when the sales pitch gets involved. These gurus and experts, they thrive on obstructing nutrition so much that they only clear things they do. Um, suggests is that you should buy their books, sponsored foods, and food industry marketing firms and diet guru salesmen both use the same tactics. And both groups make money from fear and lack of knowledge about health. You should treat both with the same skeptical eye, even if one's message is more attractive than the other. 
Um, you'll never go wrong with a skeptic's eye on, on your health and your nutrition and your body. Even on this podcast, listen, but just because I'm saying it doesn't make it truth. Do your own due diligence. Not only is food no longer food in the conventional grocery store, but now you're having to quite literally battle addiction to the products you consume daily. So this is real info. Google the bliss point. Uh, the bliss point is in the formulation of food products. The bliss point is the amount of an ingredient such as salt, sugar, or fat, which optimizes tastiness. Pioneering work on the bliss point was carried out by American market researcher and psychophysicist Howard Moskowitz, known for his successful work in product creation and optimization for food ranging from spaghetti sauce to soft drinks. Moskowitz described the bliss point as the that sensory profile where you like food the most. The bliss point for salt, sugar, or fat is a range within which perception is that there is neither too much nor too little. Just the right amount of saltiness, sweetness, or richness. The human body has evolved to favor foods delivering these tastes. The brain responds with a reward in the form of a jolt of endorphins, remembers what we did to get that reward, and makes us want to do it again, an effect run by dopamine, the neurotransmitter. A combination of sugar, fat, and salt act synergistically and are more rewarding than any one alone. Food product optimization, the goal is to include two or three of these nutrients at their bliss point. So now you're battling confusion health, you're battling the bliss point in a lot of these con- these products in conventional grocery stores, and then you're going to be battling not actual food, but, but food-like. So let me explain what I mean by food-like. So let's, let's dive in because I've, I've realized a lot of people don't really comprehend what, what GMOs are. Some may, may be able to articulate that... Uh, that acronym, but they don't know what genetically modified organism is. What are GMOs? Genetically modified organisms, whereby a microorganism, plant or animal, has been genetically altered in today's day using advanced genetic engineering techniques, such as genome editing. When I'm defining GMO through the podcast, throughout the podcast, I'm not referring to genetic modification. This technique was used in the past since about 12,000 BC in the form of selective breeding or domestic, domestically cultivating superior livestock and selectively choosing crops that did better. That's what most people still believe GMO is or they're confusing GMO with genetic modification or hybridization. Um, things that have been around for thousands and thousands of years. That's not that's not what we're talking about today. That's not the state of of food today. Let me explain a little bit more, because genetic engineering and what you find in conventional grocery stores is way past that type of modification. The dawn of the GMO was in 1972. Following the creation of the first recombinant DNA molecules by American biochemist Paul Berg, recombinant DNA is created by combining one piece of DNA with another, creating a modified genetic sequence that would not otherwise occur in nature. Scientists use a variety of mechanisms including mutation, insertion, or the deletion of genes within the organism. 
Furthermore, the process by which this can occur is by the transformation of the genetic material of the organism or by the editing of the genome by using artificial engineered nucleuses. The only technically GMO animal on the market so far is a salmon engineered with the genes of an eel to grow faster in the store more than every other plant product in the store is considered the the new the GMO 2.0 is what I'll call it. So the most genetically modified plants on the planet are corn, soybean, cotton, papayas, yellow squash, alfalfa, canola, and sh sugar beets, and milk. Also, cheese, 90% of all cheese production is now GMO. Um, they've changed the whole entire DNA, which I think matches up with that also that same stat of 80% of people would become lactose intolerant throughout their life in the world. That only 20% of the world's population. I think that has to do with GMO as well. Or that's my con that's my conclusion. The crops that I mentioned above, they're literally in everything. Close to 80% of all products in a, a conventional grocery store have one or more ingredient uh, of of straight GMO GMO crops. These products created from these crops are preservatives, cooking oils, emulsifiers, sweeteners, etc., which is in literally every product. According to the Center for Food Safety, three-fourths of all processed food contain genetically modified ingredients. 93% of all the crop acreage in the United States is being used to grow genetically modified crops. If there's any wonder to why there's still even a debate going on about GMO versus organic, there shouldn't be because the United States is the world's leader in growing GMO crops. The country we live in is a world leader of growing these genetically engineered crops. Okay, so what are the what's what are the benefits of GMO? Why did GMO start? Why are these crops here? What what are, what's the purpose? The purpose of GMO is to create a distinct a distinct advantage for the producers or the consumers that would otherwise not occur in nature. GMO crop growers benefit from the seeds as their crops have higher resistance to pests, plant diseases, and herbicides, allowing for a higher volume of crop. That means more money production, that means higher yields, that means the bottom line is benefited. This is business. The food industry is a business. If you pay for it, if money exchanged, it's a business. If you're not looking at it with a skeptic side or a subjective view, then uh, then then you're you're giving the power to these businesses without auditing these businesses. Are they safe to eat? The FDA has never safety tested genetically engineered food. Listen to this. The FDA has never safety tested genetically engineered food. They've decided that it's up to the biotech producers to determine the safety of the product. So not only are they creating GMO, genetically engineered food, but they are now policing themselves. There's nobody to audit whether this is healthy, safe, safe for our health. We're uh, quite literally an experiment on a massive scale and we are failing that there's any sign to the state of health in this country. We're failing that test. And my opinion on this is this alleviates any responsibility to the FDA. So when the correlation is finally made that GMO has been causing all these health elements, diseases, and cancers, their, their hands will be clean. There won't be any pressure on them. So let me go into who manufactures GMOs, 
There are six pesticides and GMO corporations that own the world's seed, pesticides, and biotechnology industries. Known as the Big Six, I'm not going to name them because I'm not giving them press or I'm not giving them any notor- you know, there's no there's no free marketing here on my podcast. The largest of them evolved from selling food additives like artificial sweeteners to being a leader in the evolution of agriculture and an ever-present government agency lobbyist. So crony capitalism, call it what you will, um, the FDA, all of these might be in cahoots. So who knows? But with nearly $15 billion in revenue, they're also a leading producer of genetically modified crops, seeds, and herbicides. Uh, I get pretty passionate about this stuff because I see how, how many people just disregard eating genetically modified foods as if, um, say this a few times, I've seen a few very prominent uh, individuals in the scientific community try to compare it to saying we've been we've been doing this for millennia. You know, we've been We've been hybridizing. We've been selectively choosing crops to breed. Guys, that's not what we're talking about here. I'm not talking about something that all of that can occur in nature. The survival of the fittest this is called evolution, right? If a crop, if one, if crop does better one season or one section of a crop, you're making sure to get all the seeds and, and reuse those seeds in the, the, the areas that didn't do as well. This isn't, that that's the evolutionary model. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about taking, dissecting the DNA strand of another, of another product, another food, something that it couldn't, uh, an apple tree can't mate with an orange tree. It, you can't seed an orange tree with, uh, with an apple seed. That doesn't happen in nature. But what we've done is now we have meat right? A fish, a literal fish, the DNA of an eel has been dissected and put into the DNA of a fish to make it grow quicker. It's stuff like this that our body does not recognize the design. Our body cannot comprehend what's going on. Reducing food waste, addressing inequality, and shifting to agroecological farming methods, not GMOs, are the key to the world food security. According to the experts at the United Nations, most genetically engineered foods on the market today have no consumer benefit whatsoever. Engineered to survive pesticides and have greatly accelerated the use of pesticides such as glyphosates, dicamba, and soon 2 and 40, creating what environmentalist groups calls a dangerous pesticide treadmill. Purchasing food at health-conscious vendors will be your go-to when it comes to true health. Summing up all of that, GMOs, if, if I haven't painted the picture articulated well enough here, um, that genetic engineering, these, this food-like products, we shouldn't be putting in our bodies um, if you want deep health. Now, what are the solutions? Purchasing food at health-conscious vendors. This will be your go-to when it comes to true health. Ensuring for now that the products you purchase have a non-GMO and organic label. Non-GMO and organic labeling, as of now, is going to be your best bet. If you can, take it a step further and shop at your local farmer's markets, but also ask for a tour of the farms you're buying from right so if there are local farmers you can you can go tour the farms you can go see how they how they raise their livestock you can see what they use to prepare the soil for the season you can ensure non-gmo and organic even further than than just the labeling you can make sure the livestock you buy is not being fed gmo vegetable feed 
you are what you eat eats after all and if you don't consume GMO neither should the animals you eat but hunting your own animal meat out in nature deers elk things out in nature that haven't been manipulated by man are going to be the healthiest options and pound per pound for pound the most most nutrient dense farm farm to table is going to be second and then health conscious grocery stores would be your third best option but all of these accumulatively are exponentially times more healthy than consuming conventional foods i promise you long term pound for pound dollar for dollar penny by penny if you invest in your health today I'm going out on a limb and saying it directly of the food you consume activates and deactivates genes. It it affects your genetic expressions and how these genes are activated. I can say and I can attest to this now and research is is right on that cusp right now of letting us know what we consume absolutely has to do with the the addition or supplementation of of these diseases, autoimmune cancers that are uh, running rampant obesity. If you still don't think what you're putting in your mouth three to five times a day at a meal isn't affecting your health long-term or your longevity or your mental function or your physiological or your nervous system or your cell reproduction or lack of, you haven't done enough due diligence. It absolutely affects all aspects Okay, that I just mentioned. If I've done this correctly today, I'm beginning to shift your perception and expand your awareness around the importance of making what you put in your body your business. I want to highlight the European Union before I leave just to make the point here. Looking at that, looking at the healthier populations on this planet versus our country, which is in the bottom 10, I believe, or in the bottom percentage of the world's countries for health. Let's highlight right now the European Union. They have the most strict regions when it comes to banning and regulating GMOs. They require the labeling of GMOs and they also the, also the traceability of every step of the production and supply chain. This is in sharp contrast to the United States. We only have three states of 50 that require foods to be labeled as GMO. Chemical, agriculture, and large food companies have literally spent hundreds of millions of dollars on anti-GMO labeling campaigns in a handful of American states. These companies are spending money to avoid these labelings. What what kind of stuff is that? I want to mention the correlation is strong here for me. I think correlation here in this case is causation. The healthiest countries in the world, the top 10 according to the 2017 report here shows Europe dominated the top charts with 5 of the 10 coming from Europe. So the European Union uh, regulates GMOs more strictly than any other any other area of the world. And coincidentally, five out of the top 10 healthiest countries in the world are out of Europe as well. So let's make this as black and white for you as possible, because I'm not hedging here. I'm not saying if you have the extra money, don't shop GMO. There's no hedge here. This is black and white. I'm going to challenge your theological beliefs today, and I'm going to also challenge your evolutionary beliefs. I don't care which, what's, you know, what land you decided to stand on. This is going to challenge you, and this is going to make you think and grow, hopefully, in this debate, because there is no debate. The, the research is black and white. French case studies of rats consuming genetically engineered 
food versus rats that are eating normal food that shouldn't even be labeled organic. It should just be labeled as regular food. They have, after 60 days, 60 to 90 days of consuming GMO, they started sprouting tumors. They started, you know, there's there's a ton of research out there. So if your theological beliefs are still the shield you wish to stand behind because you don't want to put forth the effort to audit the things you put into your mouth, let me give you a sobering perspective. If you believe God created this planet roughly 6,000 years or so ago, and we started as Adam and Eve in a garden of Eden, you believe the Almighty created the garden and all the plants and animals. Conventional produce, meats, plants is not what God created. Man dissected, spliced, and manipulated and transferred many of the vegetables and fruits you're consuming not to enhance the nutritional value or for better health. The reasons that GMO, genetically modified organisms, is to increase the bottom line of the organizations and businesses involved. It's to make food look prettier so you purchase it. It's to make a fruit which average the average shelf life should be a, a, a few days to last a few weeks and months so they don't lose out on sales and wasted time and money. We are all like lab rats being tested by eating these food-like products. When I consume fake food, I function noticeably different, emotionally, physically, and mentally. Within minutes of eating this stuff, fast food or GMO products, I, I notice the difference. And some of you guys listening eat like this three meals a day, seven days a week. I think we forgot accumulatively how good our body is designed to feel. This isn't normal. Headaches, fatigue, right? Necessity to get over-caffeinated, to stay awake. None of this stuff is normal, but we've created a new normal. On the opposite spectrum, if you believe in evolution, then consider this. The world has created these plants and animals over millions or potentially billions of years. Your supplement will not even begin to match the health benefits of natural, whole foods, and consciously raised livestock, fruits, vegetables from the source. Although the interest of heredity in genes may have been known since the Babylon tablets of 6,000 years ago, not until the early 1900s did we have the technology or tools to really begin to understand it. Genetic engineering has only been around for 40 years, not even a blip of a blip in time of all of human history. Until we have long-term research, and I'm talking hundreds of years and millions of participants, I'll never coach someone into eating conventional food. That's just plain irresponsible, advancers. There's no silver bullet when it comes to nutrition, supplement, or diet fads. One thing I can say with the utmost confidence, the closer the food is to the natural state, how Mother Nature intended, the more beneficial your health it will be. The sooner you eat the food, plucked, uprooted, or after death, the more nutritional it will be for you, period. The closer your diet matches your ancestors, the more it advocates your body for longevity. I've seen this fallacy too many times. Too many people, when delving into studying health and nutrition, seek to find commonality in their current state of beliefs, in their current set of beliefs around it. This is known as the confirmation bias. I met very few people in my lifetime that have read more than one book or watched more than one documentary about what to eat for true health, yet if you ask them, they would respond like an expert. There is no panacea when it comes to your health. Intelligence is the proper application of information and knowledge. Most people are not intelligent in this manner because they don't apply what they learn.
They haven't developed a framework to synthesize, carefully and consciously scrutinize the information that is shown to them. Your discernment for information, dietary choices, and your ability to determine long-term consequences will continue to develop as you enhance your standards for yourself. Your life is a product of your standards. If true health, mental, and physical is important to you, this podcast will prompt you to begin a self-study course on nutrition and come to your own conclusions. You will not regret educating yourself on your own body. Longevity relies on this. Deep health and avoiding elements relies on this. The quality of your relationship rely on this. Your ability to show up rely on this. Your mental health relies on this. Your life relies on this, advancers. Willpower is no longer a useful skill set in today's world. Instead, You need to mindfully understand your environment. You need to make one decision that eliminates a thousand other decisions. You need to continually hold yourself to higher standards. And your greatest skill will be the ability to sift through all the noise and find the signal when it comes to your health. You are unique. Your ancestors, your genes, your environment all play a role in this. Your microbiome is another one. Look into that. That'll be another episode. Lastly, I'll leave you guys with a a tip. Write these tips down to sum up the entirety of the episode and lead you down the path of great health. Eat whole foods, fibrous vegetables, gut-healthy fermented foods, quality filtered drinking water, organic, non-GMO, preferably farm-to-table. If you can, hunt your own food as Mother Nature intended. Do not eat GMO. Do not eat fast food. Do not eat processed sugar. Do not eat wheat. Do not consume any products that don't have that labeling at grocery stores. If you need a good starting point, feel free to reach out to me at any point. Send me a message. If you're just starting your deep health journey, I have many tools. I have many resources. I have many tests that I've done myself. No need for adding anything to your diet. No need for supplementation. Right now, most of you guys listening, if you're still shopping at conventional, we need to eliminate things. Then we need to measure. And then we need to optimize. Elimination, measurement, optimization. That's the process for me. Thanks, guys. I hope this was impactful for you guys. If you have any questions, shoot me a message on Instagram, always advancing, um, or or go to my personal uh, Instagram page or my Facebook page. I hope this helped you guys. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. If I brought you any value today, please subscribe for notifications of next week's episode. I would truly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Connect to our community on social media. We are building a tribe of self-actualized grow-getters. Those that implement the practice of lifelong learning, understanding it will catalyze self-actualization, the ultimate production of the human spirit. Find your baseline and grow every day. Till next time, advancers, make the rest of your day the best of your day.